Hey, welcome to the 16-Bit Catholic uh, Podcast. This is uh, Dustin Faber, and I'm here with James Ryan and the Golden Voice. Uh, this is episode 31, XXXI, if you're uh, counting in Roman numerals. Uh, married man, James Ryan, how are you doing? I'm back on the attack. I am married. I'm hitched. Yeah, so it only, it only took 13 years, but uh, what can I say? <laughs> so we, we can we still say doctor girlfriend, or what do we have to say now? Doctor wife? How does that I work? Guess, I guess I don't know. I guess that that's a, that's it's an odd you know combination, but it, it's it, it we're only getting used to it. You know, it's only been a month in, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting. I don't I don't wear jewelry, and I'm not a I'm not a necklace fan. I'm not a base uh, a bracelet or a, I don't wear a watch specifically because my 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 wrists are a little hairy. They're not super hairy, but then hairy enough that my uh, any watch I've worn has pulled the hair. Oh, that's so I don't painful. wear that. Don't do that. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm pretty minimalist. I, just, I have an earring. That's about it. I don't really wear you know jewelry. So this it's getting used to wearing a wedding band. It's pretty interesting. Did, um, did you get like a simple wedding band or has it got like flames and dragons coming out of it? <laughs> no, I will show you a picture of it, but I will explain it to the uh, to the peeps listening. It is uh, – it's one of those uh, – I think it's titanium or something like that. Oh, but nice. on top of it, I found a custom jeweler in New York and he works with very interesting um, – uh, kind of gems or, or uh, substances I've got it's you, you know you've seen a ring it's got like kind of two lines like of color oh, I've never seen a ring before never, never seen a ring I no. hear you. so uh, the the a little thicker band it's like a brownish band on it it's Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil oh that's kind of cool actually yeah and then there's a thin band of like kind of blackish it's meteorite Oh, dude, you have a badass wedding ring, man. Yeah, yeah, I have a super bad. And randomly just found this company. Originally, I was I remembered my cousin showing me his wedding band, and it was some really cool thing of, like, wood and something, you know, a couple other things. And so I started kind of looking into that, and the first thing that popped up was, um, like, whiskey barrels. You know, they put on top of, like, titanium or, you know, whatever the, the metal is. And I'm not a big I, – I like whiskey, but I'm not a big whiskey fan. So then I started digging deeper into the internet, and I found this guy on – uh, on Etsy, and uh, you know he's he's got rings with like Velociraptor uh, fossil and a bunch of other crazy stuff. And I uh, the the one with the T Rex and the meteorite. Hey, that's uh, that's pretty badass right there. That is uh, wow. Uh, my wedding band is not anything uh, fancy like that. Because I told my wife I wanted something really really simple. You know how that uh, ring in Lord of the Rings looks? Just a super simple, plain looking ring. Like that's yep. mine. Only it's a uh, silver instead of gold. Because I don't know. I don't like to wear gold. But I'm not a big gold fan either. So I, I, I will say that. So I got uh, just the uh, the silver. I think it cost like thirty five dollars. Like it was, it was not. It was probably the cheapest thing about our wedding was uh, was a stupid <laughs> wedding ring that I got. My wife wouldn't believe me. She's like, "Are you sure that's the kind you want? You're not just doing that to save money or anything like that?" And it's like, "No, no, really. I, I just want something just ridiculously." ridiculously simple but now i'm like man i should upgrade and get that velociraptor ring or like you, you got should. Or something it's, like that it's pretty you know and it's pretty good it's not it's not super expensive i will say that i wouldn't go over a certain price point if it if it was but um yeah you know the thing is i mean you know you, you get the, get the nice ring for for the wife and i'm lucky because dr wife is not a diamond fan Ooh, so nice. very lucky about that her engagement ring was uh it was uh an opal 
with um, she'd always wanted an opal ring. So it was opal and her birthstone is amethyst and it's got two little amethysts on each on the side of the opal and a white gold, really nice uh, ring. And uh, her wedding band is just a simple – it's two small, simple, like really thin uh, bands so she can wear when, when she works because she works with her hands and stuff like that. So I, I lucked out because I've seen my friends – some of my friends' wedding bands that they got their wives and ooh boy. Yeah. Uh, no, your wife uh, sounds like she uh, – that's pretty cool. I'm able to say your wife now. Uh, that's I awesome, know. I think. But, uh, my no, wife. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's cool. She got a she got a classy uh, wedding band there, and you got a classy yeah. one too. You guys are just oozing class. I I well, dig it. Well, oozing machismo as well. <laughs> I'm not oozing class right now. You mentioned whiskey. I'm cheaping. I'm drinking really cheap bourbon mixed with a really generic cherry cola. So, oh. um, Evan <laughs> Williams apparently uh, makes a cheap olive uh, a bourbon. So I uh, I needed it. I needed the bourbon for. Uh, for my turkey cooking this year for Thanksgiving. Are you doing anything for Thanksgiving like that? You cooking a turkey outside? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm going to ask you about your turkey in a second, but uh, no, actually, you know, we're going to my cousin house, cousin's house in uh, in Orange County, which is about an, an hour, a little less than an hour south of uh, of Santa Monica, and uh, it's going to be a big gathering of uh, of family. So oh, all that my sounds family awesome. going down. Yeah, yeah, it's cool because we haven't done. We used to do with our family. So my aunt and uncle live in Irvine. That's my mom's youngest sister, and she's got three adult kids. And uh, you know, only only one of them was married. With he's got two kids. They're both in college and stuff like that. So um, uh, we used to do the we'd separate. We go thanks if we did Thanksgiving in, in in Orange County, everybody would come up for Christmas on the west side, or and vice versa. Next year would be Thanksgiving on the west side, and then we go to uh, Irvine uh, uh, for Christmas or something like that. But because my, all my sisters, three of my older sisters, all had kids, and they're all of varying ages, like right around the same ages and stuff like that, our family exploded. So, like, basically, the noise level uh, expanded <laughs> over the last couple of years. And also, as my mom says, she goes, you know, the kids didn't want to, they didn't want to go, if, you know, to Orange County for Christmas if, you know, they want to leave their stuff. You know, they're that age where, you oh, know, they wanted yeah. to stay with their toys and their presents and stuff like that. So we started just basically staying on the west side for Thanksgiving and Christmas for the last couple of years. So this is the first time we've, we're going back down to Orange County. This is going to be fun. I can't wait. That is going to be fun. Are you cooking anything? Are you bringing anything? Or is you leaving uh, that we- to others? We've been tasked with. Uh, I was my, my mother called up and said, "All right, either you got a vegetable or you got a salad. What do you got?" <laughs> and uh, I actually haven't given her an answer yet. So she she goes, "You know what? Just do a, just do a salad." And we're like, "All right, fine, okay, whatever." And I'll yeah. bring I'll bring some good beer and stuff like that. My the the house that my cousin he's a brewer, so uh, so he's he's gonna have some good beers as well. And uh, it's a bummer because he wasn't at the wedding. Uh, oh and man. I, I, I made specifically uh, to get some of the finest craft beer that I could find for the uh, for the event, and it's sad because he was in Europe with his, with his daughter. His daughter was studying abroad at the time, so he went to go visit her. So shame, but hey. That's all right. My, my his his father, my uncle, said uh, he he made it a point to say, "Oh, Greg's Greg's going to be really jealous that he's not here because uh, he goes, I'm going to be telling him what uh, what beers he missed." I'm like, "Oh yeah." So he's like a real brewer because I've worked with people who are like, "Yeah, I brew beer," and they look all weird and everything, and it's like this beer they bring from their house from their bathtub <laughs> or something. And it's got that little hops like floating around in it and everything. It's like, oh, thanks. He's, he doesn't work for for a beer company. He is a home brewer, but he's been doing it for like probably 20 plus years almost okay. and uh he he submits uh his 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 uh types to uh a lot of uh um festivals like locally in uh, orange county he's gotten oh, okay uh, he's, he's got legit. some good 
Yeah, he's gotten good awards. Yeah, he's he's gotten like you know second place, third place, and stuff like that for some. Places. I have low standards as long as there's hops not visibly floating around in it. Because the the person I work with about eleven or twelve years ago, I forget his name, but he uh, that's the beer he brought in. You could see like the little flecks of it floating around, and it's like well, eh. that could have that could have been a cloudy IPA, and sometimes that that's very hit or miss. Some people know how to make it, and some people don't. So I like, did not. It, it smelled like uh, well, it, it smelled like uh, rubbing 30, 30 alcohol heat. almost. Oh, rubbing alcohol rubbed all over dirty feet uh, with hops floating around. There you go. That's what he brought in. Now tell me about tell me about your bourbon chicken because I need to know about or turkey. Let me know about this. Oh, okay. So uh, I've been trying for years. (laughs) I've been trying for years to prove to my family. No, no, no. Really, I am a good cook, and uh, I don't think they really believe me up until about a few years ago. uh, Probably because uh, I was trying to make cookies about twelve years ago. And it was a recipe that called for egg whites. I'd never eaten egg whites. I didn't know any, I didn't know anything about egg whites. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get these eggs. I'm gonna get these eggs up, boiled up, really nice. Do you see the flaw that's going on here so far? I'm I do. Some- I do. Okay, so <laughs> I I make the I boil the eggs and I peel the the shell off. It's like, well, the only one egg whites, there's no yolk supposed to be in here. So I'm like, uh, I spend like 20 minutes just uh, very delicately pulling every single little piece and bit of yolk off of the egg white. And I still can't get it all off. So I call my grandma and I'm like, Granny, this recipe calls for egg whites. I've got my eggs boiled, but I can't get the yolk the flecks of yolk off of this egg i don't want to ruin these cookies what what do i do and she just starts laughing her ass off at me like i've never heard my grandma laugh at me before like ever in my life (laughs) she's like no you you don't boil the eggs you you separate the egg yolk from the egg white and then you you cook with the egg whites, you know, the, the raw egg whites, you, you do your recipe. I was like, oh, my gosh. I kind of wonder what those cookies would have tasted like if I just said, well, these are good enough. I'm just going to throw these these boiled egg whites in with the, uh, with the sugar and all the butter and all that stuff. But uh, so thankfully uh, – Thankfully, that didn't happen. So, have you have you figured out about egg white egg whites now? Yes, or? yes, I, I I I actually do a good job with those cookies. They're chocolate cloud cookies. I use like cocoa Ooh. mixed with meringue and uh, chocolate chunks, and they're really good. So, but I've been trying for years to prove to my family, hey, I really a good cook. Like, trust me on this. And I think they were like, oh, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. but then the last few times my parents have come to visit me. Uh, when we lived out of state, I would cook for them. They'd be like, oh, this is really, really good. And then when uh, my family came to visit me uh, at our housewarming party this summer, I had a nice pellet grill, and I cooked cook burgers for them. And they were all like, oh, my God, these burgers are great. I cooked pork belly for them. They are like, oh, my God, this pork belly is amazing. So uh, this year, I guess it was just assumed, oh, hey, we've, we, uh, we have a turkey for you. Are you going to cook it? I'm like, <laughs> hell, yeah, I'm going to cook it. So I've got a pellet grill. Uh, I'm not going to say the brand because they're not paying me for advertising. So screw them. Uh, you can right. you can make your money some other way, pal. But um, so I I found a recipe for it where uh, you brine the turkey in a mix of uh, uh, sage and different spices, uh, maple syrup, and bourbon. 
uh, orange, uh, some like orange peel, uh, grating like some orange peel, and you put that in there, and then you brine that overnight, and then put it on the pellet grill, smoke it for about three hours. I actually got Thanksgiving off this year for a change, so I oh, can nice. stay up all night doing this. Uh, so I'll smoke the turkey for about three hours after it's brined in that solution, uh, baste it with some butter and a little bit more maple syrup. And uh, and then cook it for about three or four hours. It's a twenty-four pound bird. I've never cooked a bird that big before in my life, so uh, it'll probably take about five or six hours. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, sitting outside all night uh, with the with the radio going and uh, cracking open a few beers and uh, just enjoying life. Telling the kids, you know, leave daddy alone. He's drinking and cooking. <laughs> He's drinking and cooking. Leave me alone. <laughs> now, uh, is that the, is that the amount of time that you're supposed to cook it for? I, I've see. I've never cooked a turkey before, so I'm, I'm mystified by by this. Yeah, I think it's like uh, when I'm cooking it outside on the grill. I think it's about an hour for every uh, every five pounds. I'm not like super worried about that because I'm giving myself plenty of time, and I've got two different thermometers that'll be inside the turkey. So I'll, I'll definitely know when it reaches the, the correct internal temperature. But the website I was reading, got the recipe from, they gave the different cooking times for the different size turkeys. And for a 25-pound turkey, they say five to six hours. So I've got to have that turkey done by 9 o'clock in the morning. So I figure if I, I put it on the smoker at 11 o'clock at night, I'll smoke it for three three and a half hours or so, and then at three o'clock in the morning, flip it over to the uh, 350 degree heat, and that'll give me six hours of cooking. Uh, so hopefully it won't take that long, but it might. So I, I just want to have it done by nine o'clock. So we're eating at noon on Thanksgiving Day. So if I have it done by nine, that gives me an hour, uh, two hours to you know, get it off the grill, get it, let it sit, let it rest, do whatever, and then drive it over to my grandma's house about 20 minutes away. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not too far. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, Oh my God, you got to drive it. You got to, <laughs> I've, I've driven with a Turkey in a car before. It smells absolutely delicious when you're driving. I thought you meant like a live Turkey. Like you no, drove no, the car. no. You're ah, sitting there in the back you? yelling at you. You're not driving the right way or something. I live in California. We don't do that. Well, that's that's a relief, um, but yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this turkey. I'm hoping that my children never grow up with the uh, bad stereotypical uh, thoughts of you know the dry, gross turkey. Oh, turkey's so dry. Blah blah blah. It's like no, turkey's great. You're just cooking it the wrong way. Like mm-hmm. if you cook it the right way, it's going to be good. And even if you don't have uh, a grill to cook it on, like if you use a browning bag. Uh, to put that over it, that'll kind of lock in some of those juices, and you'll still get a good turkey, even if you don't have a barbecue grill. But you know, especially nowadays, every a lot of people are they're you know they're doing the brine, they're injecting, they're doing a bunch of stuff, so they're keeping it because every the stigma is oh well, turkey gets too dry too fast. Well, it's like well you know like you said, you got to cook it correctly. You know, if you're cooking it too long, then that'll dry it out. You got to do it the right. I know, I know for a fact that you have to do it at a certain you know. I just didn't know the the length of time. Yeah. But yeah, you know, there's there's all sorts of things nowadays. You know, people, you know, I, I injected it with this salt, you know, rub and blah blah blah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right, just you know, just cook it, I, I, and I want to, I will eat it. So just give it to me, gobble gobble. Our generation of hipsters can be like really, really annoying, but God bless them for like upping the food game. Like, oh, totally. Oh man, it's like 
I don't know. I'm trying to imagine what it was like to eat in the 70s and 80s, and I don't. I don't want to go back to those to those days it, of you know. I think it was bland. I don't know. I you know it's it's really weird because you know, obviously I was born I was born in 79, so it's like uh, you know I only got the cusp, the end of the 70s, and I was a kid. I was a baby. Who knew? You know I wasn't eating real food then. But uh, yeah, 80s. I don't remember like you know 80s was like a simpler time. It's like you know. I don't know. It's like pe- people settled for stuff, for regular stuff that wasn't like, you know, really exotic and stuff like Because we didn't, I guess, didn't have that stuff. Or maybe that wasn't that much like cultural, uh, you know, um, not appropriation, but uh, in, I guess in, in influence uh, from other, other uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. No, but no, you know I know what, what you like, mean. You're yeah, talking about like, yeah. you know, uh, your the fusion of different cultures and their foods, bringing it all there together you, to make really go. good dishes. How did your mom cook your veggies when you were a kid? Oh, God, she just steamed a lot of yeah. them. It was, it was gross. Nothing. Boiled and, and like, Yeah. That's what like we I, do. I, to, to this day, I hate, um, I hate peas. So they used to always have frozen peas, you know, like throw them in the water and then boil them into the, like, uh, the broccoli that she made was always steamed. Like there was nothing, we never put anything on it. Like, but nowadays, like I'll put like, you know, uh, olive oil or garlic or something oh, like that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, and yeah, I don't, I, I will never eat just regular, you know, like people are like, oh, I had steak and, you know, it comes with peas or whatever it is. And it's <laughs> just like, I, I, I don't like peas. No. No, uh, olive oil and garlic, uh, man, you could, you could pour olive oil and garlic over like a handful of rocks and then they'll, they'll taste good. You know, I've like, done it. That's, <laughs> uh, no, if you cook your, uh, next time you cook your broccoli, um, cut up like, uh, one or two anchovies and put those in the olive oil and the garlic and let those kind of, let it kind of sizzle up and, and dissolve and then, uh, cook it with your broccoli. It's really good, mm-hmm. man. Anchovies make yeah. everything taste good. Which is funny because we do have anchovies here. Doctor Wife does like the anchovies uh, God, to cook those up every so often. Great with broccoli. I think anchovies make everything taste better too. But uh, especially if you put them in like uh, spaghetti sauce and stuff like that, it's really good that way. If you can, uh, what, if you can believe such a thing. Which is always interesting because whenever anybody says anchovies, I would think of the really small ones. You know, there's varying sizes of anchovies, and I've I've discovered that recently. And uh, yeah, those the majority of them. I mean, hey, they put those in olive oil as well, and uh, and and you just fry those up. Those are pretty good. I love frozen peas though, but I don't boil them. I'll uh, I'll You're dead. put them on. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> I'll put them in a pan with some with some butter and some garlic and olive oil and uh, some hot sauce and uh, I'll saute them around and they're pretty good. I used to eat those when I was uh, really really freaking poor and I needed something and and the hot sauce was like the only fun part about that. And I was like, uh, well, I, here's I'll, the interesting. Here's the interesting thing about me. If it's if it's loose peas, I don't like it. But if it's peas in a pea pot, I love them. Oh, those are like sugar snap peas. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, yeah. you can just eat those just sitting on the couch oh, yeah. like a bag of chips. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Frozen peas. Uh, if you have a small child who is teething, frozen peas are the perfect thing to feed them because they'll Ooh. eat them anyways. And they're frozen, but they're not like rocks or anything. Yeah. You can still bite through them. So they're able to eat something. And also that frozen uh, pea tastes really or it makes their gums feel really, really good. Uh, so any of you with parent uh, with children out there, Kyle Helmick, I'm looking at you, sir. Um, 
that's uh and i tell people that uh like at my kids daycare and stuff they're just their mind is blown they're like what you give them frozen peas and i'm like yeah and i explain about you know it's it's good for them and the frozen feels good when they're uh teething they're like oh yeah that sounds like that's a great idea so maybe in uh 20 years that'll be like just commonplace parenting knowledge and you can be like hey i used to do a podcast with a guy who uh who came up with that idea (laughs) I'll be famous, you know, I'll make tons of money <laughs> off my parenting. I'm just going to write a book that says what to feed your child. It's going to say frozen peas. It's going to be like a two page book. <laughs> we'll be like a page with the content. And then I got to cite my sources. So I'll be like a whole yeah. bibliography and, and special thanks. I got to thank you for, you know, I got to put your name in there. I got to put other people's names in there, but yeah. So frozen peas. Hey, and if your mouth is, is sore, you can eat some frozen peas too, James. It's not just well. limited to children. I think we figured out the title of this episode, Frozen <laughs> Peas. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what we're doing for Thanksgiving. I, uh, I've i proved to my family finally that I can cook. Now, watch me completely botch this uh, yeah. turkey. And they're like, man, you suck. And I get don't, banished yeah, don't from my it. family's home forever. Do not blow it. All right? <laughs> the, the, the world is watching. What? <laughs> Speaking of the world is watching... Uh, you said something to me while we were prepping for this podcast. Uh, you're going to Survivor Series tomorrow night. Speaking yeah. of Thanksgiving. By the way, Survivor Series, I need to talk to you about this later, but Survivor Series, much better on Thanksgiving than uh, Sunday night. Would you agree with uh, that? I agree. And I also, there's also the other thing for MST3K, the Turkey Day Marathon needs to be on Thanksgiving Day as well and not the Sunday before. You told me they were moving it, and I was very mad hearing about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm going to Survivor Series. Total, total surprise. Uh, it was a, uh, uh, it was shocking. I had no clue. I had no plans to go. But uh, one of my friends who just recently moved to L.A., who is a wrestling fan, he's actually one of the re- friends uh, that I made many years ago on the wrestling boards. Um, he has moved down here for work, and so from Seattle. And um, who is he, it? What's his first name? You know, you know Stephen. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So um, he he goes, hey, I'm uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to NXT tonight, and I'm going to or he goes, I'm going to NXT the Takeover, and I'm I want to go to Survivor Series. You want to go? And I couldn't make it to, to Takeover. I I should I I wish I could have, but we were working and stuff like that. But I said, yeah, I'll go to I go to Survivor Series. And I've never been to a WWE pay per view before in my life. Actually, this is the first one. I've been to one pay per view before, and it was WCW Bash of the Beach '98. Boom. I I think I saw you at that pay per view. I remember I got that on pay per view way back when. So I'll have to go back. Are you on camera? Do the does the uh, camera ever show you? My my signs are on camera. I know that as as covered on the Time Limit Draw podcast. Uh, I am in the left hand corner for uh, of the ring. Sometimes I'm holding a few signs. Lord of the Dance with an arrow pointed down. Um, I that was I you. Oh, I think yeah. I remember that sign. Holy jeez. <laughs> I need to go watch that. I need to, uh, I need to re-up my WWE uh, network subscription and, uh, I'm going to go back and watch James Ryan, uh, holding up some signs. But I remember getting that pay-per-view though. Uh, I didn't realize you were there. That's pretty wild. That was a, that was a fun pay-per-view. Yeah. But so Survivor Series, I've, n- I've never been, uh, if I had a choice to go to any of the, the four big ones, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series or SummerSlam, I probably would have picked, 
uh, Royal Rumble, oh, just because yeah. I love you know you love the gimmick of that. I, now, but the second one is I love Survivor Series because I love the the traditional elimination matches. I wish there was more. I think there's only about two or three of the elimination matches. But hey, that's nope. good enough for me. There's some years that they didn't do any of the elimination matches, which is silly. That's dumb because that's like the name of the pay per view. Don't call it Survivor Series then, dinguses. That's be like you know a Hell in a Cell pay per view, but there's no Hell in the Cell like uh, yeah. structure. Like what are, what are you doing? So. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be me. It's going to be Steven. Uh, his son, who is a freshman in Stanford, is actually flying down tomorrow morning to come as well. So it's going to be the three of us. Me and Steven and his punk kid are going to Survivor Series. <laughs> so that's awesome. No, I was uh, I was completely out of wrestling for like a, a year or two or three years almost. So it's just like, I don't know, it just all felt stale and everything, the way the, the storylines were and everything. But I always still made time for the Royal Rumble. I always... Uh, to me that that would be the one pay-per-view i would i would love to go to but i will tell you the thing that is completely or the person who has completely sucked me back into wrestling over the past three or four months freaking yeah. becky lynch man she oh, is man, I, amazing yeah so i'm i'm that's the interesting thing about so the 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 the, the asterisk to this is i I don't really follow a lot of the current wrestling anymore i do i do still watch raw almost every monday but it's now it's not as as awesome you know and a must-see thing that it was years ago i it's now just in the background and maybe i'm on my phone and stuff like that so i don't really pay attention and i've I've zoned out michael cole you know years ago and stuff like that (laughs) but i've been hearing all this hubbub about becky lynch as she's being dubbed the man and this version is kind of the female stone cold right now and i caught the most recent smackdown and i gotta say well i saw her her kick ass on monday and get her ass kicked on monday with a broken with pretty much a broken nose um but i saw her uh do her thing on thursday and uh, i'm pretty impressed she's uh She's pretty badass. For those of you who uh, who did not see a Monday Night Raw, what James was referring to is uh, uh, this whole Survivor Series things. It's Raw versus SmackDown, so you've got the uh, characters from one show are invading the other show, and they're fighting, you know, interleague battles and everything. And at the end of Raw on Monday Night. Uh, they zoom the camera into one of the locker rooms, and Becky Lynch has uh, former UFC champion Ronda Rousey, who's now the Raw Women's Champion, in this arm bar, and she's screaming. And then Becky Lynch goes down to the ring where all the Raw women are, and all the SmackDown women come in, and they get into a big brawl. And yeah, Becky gets uh, nailed, like right in the face, by a wrestler oh, yeah. named Nia Jax. But then... Uh, I I can't believe this would be intentional, but she's got the blood streaming down her face, and she's still she's hitting Ronda Rousey with the chair over and over again, and she escapes through the crowd, and she's got that "Are you not entertained?" Uh, uh, <laughs> pose, and it's like the most badass thing I've seen on wrestling in years. Like, yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw something that awesome. Probably something with Daniel Bryan when he was doing his run a few years ago. But this was just like Daniel Bryan was great, but this seems like this elevated her in a way that I haven't seen anybody get elevated since you know Stone Cold. I mean, I, I it feels cheap to say that oh she's just like a female Stone Cold, but I mean there's really no other way to describe well, it. I, I can't think of another way to describe it. Well, the great thing is, and usually with wrestling, whenever there is something that is improvised and not part of the script, 
it's usually for the best and it's the more most impactful. She obviously wasn't supposed to get her her face popped. Nia Jax totally botched a punch, punched her right in the face, got her all bloody. And instead of co- covering up and not doing her job, uh, she she fought through it with blood just coming down her face and and ends up looking like more of a badass to yeah. by doing it. The- and, and and any man, if it happened for any any male, it's not just you know just because she, what she did it, but you know it's it's more impressive because there's a female. But yeah. you know if it, if a male was going to do it, you know it, it's very impressive too because like you said, or you know there's there's no blood anymore, so. No. You know, and you got to get some blood sometimes, and especially for women. Like women don't really have much of a history uh, in the WWE of having the crimson mask, as the no. the old schoolers call it. There's a lot of instances with uh, uh, dudes with blood. I remember John Cena getting bloody in a brawl with Brock Lesnar, and that was that was cool. But I mean, John Cena was already John Cena. He didn't need any kind of elevation like that. But right. uh, but I can't remember the last time I ever saw a woman. Uh, with a bloody face in the yeah. WWE, I, uh, I don't, I don't sure, remember either. I'm sure the nerds listening who who love wrestling are like, "Oh, you forgot about Sable at the 1999 Backlash pay per view, <laughs> or, or some nonsense like that." I don't know, but um, I, it's, it was just, it, it made me very excited for wrestling, and I'm re-upping this subscription just on the hopes that maybe Becky Lynch will show up on the main event at Survivor Series. She got pulled from a match with, from Ronda Rousey because, as she described it, she got her face broke. And uh, Yeah. Uh, so that kind of sucks. It's like, well, that was a cool moment on Monday, but uh, she gave a really cool uh, promo on uh, this week's SmackDown uh, where she was talking about she can't, she wants to fight, but they won't clear her, and she had to choose a replacement, and she chose Charlotte Flair, and I kind of got chills uh, seeing that, uh, seeing her chill, uh, seeing her choose Charlotte Flair because they've been like you, rivals for the past few you, months. You know, yeah, they have been. And you know what's re- really interesting is because the crowd obviously, you know, they really, I think they wanted to see Becky Lynch versus Rousey. Now they better be putting that on for WrestleMania. Yeah, I and want that's 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 a storyline that they can build up right then and there. You yeah. Know? I, I feel like it was like a blessing in disguise that they can't pull the trigger on this match at oh, totally. uh, Survivor Series. But I want to see I want to see Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair uh, main event Survivor Series, and I wanted to go to a no contest because I want to see Becky Lynch come out and knock them both out with the uh, uh, with the chair, and then standing in the middle of the ring holding up both uh, holding both championship belts up. That would have uh, hey, been know, cool. She, you never know. She might do something. They might do something like that. I remember uh, this the the wrestling match that made me think of that ending uh, was back in like 98 or 99. It was Undertaker versus Kane. Uh, they were main eventing like some pay-per-view in October. And they had Stone Cold Steve Austin as the referee. And, uh, and at the end of the match, he just knocks them out, both out. And then he just does the one, two, three count on the ring and just says, and your winner is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I remember that as well. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> it's like Stone Cold, you. And then he gets fired by McMahon uh, right afterwards. And um, I don't know. I, I could see Becky Lynch doing, you know, something like that if they had made her like special referee or something. She she makes herself the champion or she makes herself the, the winner. There's no championship uh, belt being um transferred in this match but um but yeah so i'm really excited about the survivor series and so you're going do you have any other big predictions for the for the card 
Oh God! Well, you know, and the other crazy thing is Daniel Bryan beat AJ Styles on oh, yeah. uh, this, this past week. Yeah, so so he beat him for the title. So originally, the SmackDown was supposed to be AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion, and now it's Daniel Bryan, new champion versus Brock Lesnar, which is a dream match that everyone has been wanting for you know you know let, yeah let's let's put the guy who's got you know uh, a chicken noodle soup for brains uh, from all his <laughs> concussions uh, against concussion machi- machine Brock Lesnar. Okay, cool. Brock Lesnar, throw him out. That's how big the Becky Lynch thing was. Was Daniel Bryan was just an afterthought for me. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, that Daniel Bryan thing. He yeah, won the totally championship. Forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> him. Any other time he would be like. We would have led the podcast with Daniel Bryan winning the championship, but but he turned heel. What did you think of that? Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I always like Daniel as a as a as a heel as well. Um, I think, hey, if if they stick with him, um, you know, he's a, he's a wonderful talent. And, you know, I I'm still a little tentative, you know, with him coming back. But they always did say that uh, you know. It, he was cleared by you know outside doctors. It was just the WWE guys being really, really super careful. Yeah. Which you know can't be too him. careful. Yeah, exactly. Can't be too careful with with brain you know injuries um, and neck injuries. So yeah, you know I I like Daniel Bryan. I've always liked him. Um, so I, I'm hoping for something really, really good. You know who knows what? I guess did AJ Styles get moved to the uh, to the other match, the elimination match? I don't know. I don't know if he got completely bumped off or if he's you know, in may, the- may- Maybe he'll have a run, and maybe it'll be a triple threat. Who knows? That would be I, – I think most people would probably enjoy seeing that. My wife was really excited about the Daniel Bryan heel turn because she's hoping it means he'll uh, he'll shave off his beard and cut his hair. She she hates oh. his beard. She likes – she's seen the pictures of Daniel Bryan with the, with the really short hair and pretty much uh-huh. clean shaven, and she thinks he's a dreamboat uh, when he looks <laughs> that way. Uh, she can't stand the, the goat face, as The Rock uh, referred to him uh, uh, one night on wrestling a few years ago she can't stand that look and i said oh he's he turned heel now and uh everybody loves his hair maybe he'll cut it and she's like that would be amazing so uh <laughs> so my wife uh, very excited about daniel bride's heel turn for completely superficial reasons yeah exactly he's a, he's a dreamboat <laughs> but it made me mad was on twitter which you know anything on twitter makes me mad because that's just what twitter is but uh if you had told all of the all of the wrestling idiots the or you know stupid marks on Twitter, hey, at the end of the year, Daniel Bryan, you know, he was retired, you know, he's like one of the greatest wrestlers ever. He's going to win the championship. They'd be like, "Oh boy, that sounds amazing." Like they would be like <laughs> over the moon. And now they're complaining about it. It's like, oh, 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 I, I don't like the way he he turned." It's like, "Dude, Daniel Bryan is your WWE champion." Like, you know, why are you mad about that? You know what I've learned about Twitter is, or just in life in general with people, it's you know you can't please anyone, no, no matter you can't. what. But it's just so dumb. It's like that's what you wanted for years. Like you, we were all so mad about the WWE treating Daniel Bryan like a a B plus player a few years ago when he had yep. to fight for that WrestleMania spot, and now he's wrestling Brock Lesnar Survivor Series as the champion. Like and people are are mad about this, and it just it makes me so mad. It's like you guys. <laughs> Do you not realize what you've got here? I find it interesting that he he was one of the two people who he and John Cena both basically said no to doing that uh, that 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 blood money pay per view that that gross pay per view yeah yeah which I I didn't watch and it it sounded like it was complete garbage that they. 
so I thought that he was going to be on uh, kind of on probation, not probation, but, you know, just kind of a penalty box for saying no. And then, boom, he gets a title win. Now, does that mean he's going to get squashed by Brock Lesnar? We'll see tomorrow, I guess. That would be, I don't know. what, And that's that's the biggest wild card. Like, what is going to happen in that match? Because it's like everybody kind of treats Brock Lesnar as a heel and here's heel Daniel Bryan. Or do you think the crowd's going to? forget about his heel turn just for one night and cheer him like a face. I don't know. You know, Man, the, I don't know. You have your, your, your finger on the pulse of Los Angeles. I do. Sports I fandom. do. I do. <laughs> I do. I'll be, you know, Hey, I like Daniel Bryan. I like Brock Lesnar. You know, I, I think Brock Lesnar is a, is, you know, hate like him or hate him just because of the way that, that they book him. But hey, he's a dude is an impressive, just killing machine. And, uh, you know, I'll be cheering both. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to – I was looking down the card. I was like, okay, I, I will cheer. Like, if it was going to be Becky Lynch and Rousey, I'm not a Rousey fan at all, even before she came to the WWE. So I was going to be cheering Becky Lynch regardless. Like, I had no clue what was, you know what she was doing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know who I'm going to be cheering uh, for, for some of these. You know, maybe – I might be one of those those real lame, you know, oh, I'm cheering for everyone. I sound like somebody's <laughs> mom. You know? Oh, I, I want everyone to win. Oh, God, yeah. I've turned into some some mother now. Uh, you're a married man now, man. Your your transformation it's slowly uh, slowly Slo- happening. So <laughs> I know, scary. Uh, but no, I I think you you should end up having a lot of fun. So, but uh, you know what what happens though? You're you just picture this though. You're you're at Survivor Series and it's a great match and the lights go out. And everybody thinks it's The Undertaker coming out. The lights come on. Right in front of you is that Noid from the Domino's commercials, dude. Oh! You get every avoid day. the Noid, man. 24-7. He didn't, he didn't show up to your door. wedding, did he? No, he did not. Okay. Thank God. All right, that's good. You know, and if, and if I was, if I was, uh, our tickets are supposed to be pretty good. I guess we're opposite of the entryway. Oh, nice. Uh, we're up a little bit. Yeah, so the it, the tickets that he sent me a picture of, uh, of Takeover, he goes, yeah, they're a little over, but they're right in around the same area. So, they're sweet, but um, if we were if we were front and center, you know, on the, ca- the opposite camper side, and I'd be, uh, dude, I'd bring some signs. I'd be, I'd bring some signs like it was 1998 all over again. I, I swear. What? Uh, I, maybe, maybe I do avoid the Noid 24 <laughs> seven, or or avoid the Noid for life. Uh, I hope so, man. So I'm just trying to trying to make sure you're 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 staying alert. You know, I don't I'm want safe. you to yeah. get into a lull period, and, and well, you you don't avoid the Noid. He mark my mark myself safe from the Noid. What time? Uh, what time do you get to go in? Uh, or what time's the first match uh, start um, Sunday night? So I think I think the event starts at four o'clock. Okay. Pacific for for Pacific, yeah. Oh, for Pacific. I meant for Eastern. I was like, holy jeez, man. That's. Yeah. A, I remember Chris, our friend Chris. He, you remember Chris, don't you? Chris, likable guy. That, Chris. He he died a few a uh, few days ago. It was sad, <laughs> but uh, no, was. he he was wanting me to go to WrestleMania for last year. I guess when it was in New Orleans, and I just I couldn't make it at the time because we were trying to think about moving, and we're always thinking about moving, and never have the money because you know life sucks. But, yeah. Uh, yep. But that thing is like. Eight hours long, and I told him I was like, yeah. "Man, I I would go with you and and go to like the NXT show, but oh man, I don't know, I I could not go to a WrestleMania or anything. I I could not go to an event for like eight hours long or something. I think I would, yeah. Uh, if I were to go I, this year, even with my renewed interest in uh, you know, like Becky Lynch and stuff like that, I think I'd probably like 
show up like an hour and a half or two hours after the show started <laughs> and just go in there and uh, have somebody text me, oh, the Becky Lynch match is about to start. And I'm like, oh, great. And I'll go and, and watch just for that. But, man, I don't know. Sitting in one place for eight hours. That's just yeah. not my jam. Now, I love wrestling, but I don't think I, really, I, I It's not to the levels that I was when I was in high school or the beginning of college. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the golden era, uh, you know, rock and stone cold. I, I kind of definitely got – yeah, I just I don't know. As I think as I got older, it just kind of and a lot of my the, the guys that I loved and, and followed either died or retired. Uh, and, you know, and I never really kind of gravitated to the new guys as well. Like there's some guys that I I appreciate, you know, like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and those guys. But like I never was a CM a Cena fan and I'm not certainly wasn't a, a I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. And it's just like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. If, but uh, but yeah, I don't think I could do eight hours. But if it's a four hour, I, all right, fine. I'll do Survivor Series. Sure, no yeah. problem. So yeah, so if I, you got tickets to WrestleMania, do you do you show up like right for the pre show, or do you would you wait and show up like later on or something? That's a that you know that's actually a good question. Okay, so I, so there's a caveat. I I am convinced that so with the Los Angeles Rams moving back to L.A., they are going to they're getting a new stadium. Go very Rams, soon. man. Go Rams. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a Rams fan. Oh, but um, uh, I'm, so they're getting a new stadium uh, south of here, and it's going to be built in probably about like a year or two. So they should have it by 2020. I am absolutely convinced that Vince has, is eyeing Los Angeles for a WrestleMania at the new stadium. And the cool thing is one of my buddies, he owns a food distribution company and they do a lot of stuff for like stadiums and stuff like that. So he got a hookup for Staples uh, years ago. So we, we went and got to, uh, we got to go to a raw, the, the test Stephanie wedding on raw. (laughs) I remember that. But we got a, we got a luxury box of about 20 people in there. Oh, wow. So, so I am convinced that when uh, WrestleMania comes in, I've already told them a couple of years in advance. I've already told them, and I told them at the, at the wedding, and I go, hey, when WrestleMania comes to L.A., I go, we're going to have to use your hookup once again. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, we'll, we'll try to, well, I'll try to get that. So may, maybe if we do a luxury box in at WrestleMania, I think I would definitely go. When's the last time Raw – or not Raw. Uh, when's the last time WrestleMania was at Los Angeles? Um, God, it might've been, it might've been the early nineties when they were doing, uh, what year was that? Was it, what year was the, the Gulf war? Cause it was, uh, oh, like Sergeant, 91 or 92. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was the champion and they were going to do it he at trade us, man. He, he did. He's, America. I, he's an I, Iraqi sympathizer. Huh? Um, they were supposed to do the WrestleMania at the open air Coliseum, which holds a hundred thousand people. And there was a bomb, there was like a threat of a bomb threat or something like that because of Sergeant Slaughter. So they quickly moved it to the sports arena, which is an enclosed basketball arena. And there's only like maybe 30, 40,000 that could fit there. Cracks me up. But yeah, I wonder how many people still think that like the bomb threat was the legitimate reason that they actually moved WrestleMania. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> my 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 co-host Michael Watson and I have we talked about that when we did that show. Uh, we said yeah, there was no way they were getting a hundred thousand people for that show. No, but they the WWE still to this day like they they still present that uh, the bomb threat as like the kayfabe like or the real reason for that. Like even though they break kayfabe a lot of times, like they still like oh no no it was a bomb threat. I was like oh, really guys like. <laughs> 
you're you sticking to that bomb threat story. Okay, all right, but uh, uh, you know what? I take I take that back. Okay, the 2005 WrestleMania, which is the WrestleMania 21, which was at Staples Center, which uh, where we're going oh, tomorrow. I forgot there about was there. that. That's that, when uh, Batista beat Triple H for the title, and Cena beat JBL. Right? Was that the one? Batista defeated Triple H in the main event. Cena beat John Bradshaw Layfield. Aki Bono beat the Big Show. Hey. Oh, oh, that was a sumo match they had. Yeah, oh, that was horrible. That Kurt, WrestleMania had the really good Kurt Angle Shawn Michaels match. Kurt Angle, a twenty-seven minute match. Kurt Angle beat Shawn Michaels. Spoiler by submission. That was yeah. a great. That's the best match on that card, and uh, one of the best Mania matches I think I've ever seen. Oh. Actually, here's a pretty good one. It's probably Money in the Bank. Edge wins the Money in the Bank. He beats Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Christian, who? Kane, and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, who? Bobby Bowden, my man. Okay, there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a blast from this past right there. That I haven't heard that name in, in decades. Yeah. But, uh, uh, wow, they they gave Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero was a second match. It was a first opening match, I guess, because the other one was a, uh, was a pre-show. Opening match on the card, only... Tw- barely 13 minutes wow that's uh that's hard to those believe guys, looking those back. guys could have gone 20 minutes at least oh man i you know what we were robbed we never got to see an iron man match between uh ray mysterio and eddie guerrero because they've oh, had man. pretty much every other match in the world but they never had an iron man match and uh i don't know feels like uh feels like we missed out on something that could have been really great having those two in that kind of match yeah, those guys. And anytime we do a, a, a WCW pay-per-view on a Time Limit Draw, um, I always look to see if Eddie Guerrero is fight, fight, fighting uh, Rey Mysterio or Eddie and Dean or Eddie and Chris Benoit. Who? Um, yeah, those <laughs> those guys. Those guys could just go crazy. That's they, they were they were so good. Hey, did you ever get around to watching uh, Halloween Havoc '97? Halloween Havoc 97. Who's on that one? The, the main event of that is a, a horrible Piper Hogan cage match. It looks oh, like shit. the old Hell in the Cell match, but it's not Hell in the Cell. It's just a stupid looking cage. But Yeah, I think we've... Did we do that one? Well, that one has... Uh, the opening match is Guerrero and Mysterio. And that, I dare say, is one of their five best matches they ever had. Like, they it, tore the house down with that match. That That's the third match of the evening. Rey Mysterio oh, third. Uh, okay. for the, Excuse for, me. and Eddie for the Cruiserweight title. Title versus mask match. Yep. I remember that. Ooh. And uh, I, I'm trying to remember how it ended. I fairly certain it ended with like uh or maybe this was another match but it happened right around the same time like eddie snatches the mask off ray and ray immediately like covers his face or something and that's like how he loses if that wasn't halloween havoc that was a nitro that happened maybe one or two nights later uh from that event but uh i just remember even going back and watching that when i first got the network and i was going back and watching uh, all these old pay-per-views that i loved as a kid and most of them sucked uh, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses and all that stuff. But uh, but that Halloween Havoc 97 with uh, those two. Amazing, amazing match. Yeah, those two guys could go. Uh, oh, yeah. man. Rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. And if he had lived, so many so many great wrestling moments we, we probably would have had with him front and center. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you imagine how many great matches he could I mean, the, I think he's fought. I think he did fight CM Punk, but that was in the, like the independence when Eddie was taking time off. Yeah. And, uh, but imagine that, you know, CM Punk and, uh, 
you know, guys, guys from the shield, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of other crazies to Seth Rollins. Yeah. That would have been, uh, <laughs> that would have been crazy. Eddie versus Daniel Bryan and Daniel uh, Bryan. Oh yeah. Eddie doing promo battles with, uh, Paul Heyman. Boy, oh, we really missed out on that would have been just you, give me, take my money immediately. Cause that would have <laughs> been, uh, that would have been a show right there, but, oh yeah. Uh, so, um, oh yeah, the last thing I wanted to ask you about. So, uh, Survivor Series on Sunday it used to be on Thanksgiving. Now it's on Sunday. You like yeah, it better on Thanksgiving? Uh, I, you know, I think so. I think in in a simpler time, it was it was great to have on Thanksgiving night. You know, it's kind of like that. Uh, you know, you get the the football in the in the morning and the afternoon, and then you got the turkey, and then you get you know, you're settling and stuff like that, and then you know you get a chance to go you know, watch some wrestling. Why not? But I can understand why they wouldn't do it just because Sundays are always designated for for pay-per-views and, you know, they got to keep their schedules and stuff like that. So, yeah, I understand that it's now a Sunday, but, um, yeah, oh, well. If uh, Before we go, if uh, if you could move Thanksgiving to, like, any part of the calendar just for, like, the most optimal sports viewing, do you move it or do you leave it in November? Interesting. Uh yeah, it's been there for so long. <laughs> <laughs> 200 years or something like at that. At least, at least. No, every Thank year, you. like when Independence Day comes around, I'm like, man, I wish Independence Day was in the fall. We could have like football on like uh, mm. July 4th day or, or something. But, you know, I think maybe if I could move, if I wouldn't move it, but if I could, maybe sometime in like October to get some, uh, some World Series, maybe. Oh, that'd be fun. World yeah. Series uh, and football both on Thanksgiving. That would be, yeah, that'd be uh, kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. That. Yeah, I would put. Uh, I'd move July fourth to uh, uh, to the fall, so we could get football on it. And then uh, I don't know. I think that'd be the only one I move because Thanksgiving is. Uh, yeah, I like your idea. I didn't think of that before, but I like your idea of moving Thanksgiving to October so that we could get uh, we could get baseball in it. I don't know what. Uh, I guess basketball and Christmas are synonymous. I guess you. Can't I like. Really... Yeah, I like basketball and Christmas because that's a that's you know it's such a tradition. I mean, football on Thanksgiving is a super crazy tradition as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd move any other. Uh, you know, I, and plus also just the food that it is. It's a heavy food, and it's like a it's a food that will keep you. You know, it's it's traditionally in a cold weather and stuff like that. So it's it's a food that's designated to keep you warm. Mashed potatoes gravy stuffing you know something that'll like you know keep your energy up and stuff like that well Man, i mean making I get, me hungry I, well yeah no exactly well i guess you keep your energy up until you eat the turkey and then you start falling asleep so you know yeah way to bring it uh way to bring us back uh full circle uh with that but um gobble gobble and you know what? it's fun every seven years or so when you get uh nfl games on christmas day and it's like oh that's fun get the nfl on christmas and then because yeah. you end up getting the nfl uh you move all those little pansy college football games off of uh new year's day and you get the nfl on there instead that's that's a lot more fun i think when you yeah. get the nfl on there but though though the you know what you know what i don't like is that the national championship is not on new year's day i yeah. wish there was a because you know the Rose Bowl is always New Year's Day. That's that's tradition. Always going to never going to change. But I understand you know them saying, oh, well, we don't want to have too many large bowls on one day. Well, you know, yeah, all about money. It's all about money, the man trying to you know the man keeping us all down. But uh, man trying to make me watch sports on days that I don't want to. <laughs> 
Well, Mayor, happy uh, early Christmas, in case we don't get around to podcasting since we were uh, supposed to do it. We were supposed to do a podcast on about Halloween stuff, and we, we missed that boat, man. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get married on the 21st of October, and then you spend the whole next week or two uh, recuperating. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we took a week off after the wedding and then basically hit the ground running. We've been super busy since uh, since then, which is great because it's like, you know, Rather, rather be that than uh, you know sitting around twiddling your thumbs and then be whoa. What do we do? <laughs> My wife filled in admirably for you uh, last week. Well, we or last uh, episode we uh, we talked a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine. You ever watch that show? I've never seen that show before in my life. No. It's like one of the greatest shows ever. You should I've watch heard. it sometime. I've it heard, comes on TBS like every night reruns. So uh, if you have cable, you can easily seek it out. I will check it out. Yeah, um, but uh, James Ryan, where can the people find you at on the Twitters? The Twitter, uh, I am at Beer Baron for Life. That is the number for life. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, at the TLD Podcast. That is our. Uh, that is my retro wrestling podcast. My currently my only other podcast that's going on right now. As Army of Darkness is uh, indefinitely sidelined. Because the Flodcast Network is down. so uh, Why did it I, go away? Uh, something happened with the um, – it's not because we wanted it to go away. It's something happened with the database uh, from the company, the the server company that's holding it. So uh, our guy, our IT guy, Barry, is working on it. And I don't know if they're, they're going to port it to a new network or not. But Andy is uh, – I think he's been busy. So I'll have to ask him about that tonight and uh, – Maybe we can get that uh, the network back up. He has been talking about saying that he would if he does get the the network back up, it would only be a few channels. Um, it would be uh, a wrestling one. Uh, Time limit draw would have its own one. There'd be a couple other ones, maybe not as many channels as previously. Um, I'm going to angle and try to see if James Ryan can get his own his his own channel as well to put a bunch of my nonsense. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know what's going on with that uh, network. But uh, yeah, uh, Timely Draw is now, now at Podomatic right now. I can't remember what the the, web, the website is, but we're up there. Well, I always retweet the last original thought you had. And uh, I don't know, did you mean to tweet this? You said, you know, I don't know why I tweeted you this. I know you're a Caps fan. It makes no sense. Be the first person I thought of. Weird. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I did do that so here's the crazy thing i sent our friend of the show uh brad smoley who's a uh who's a longtime friend he's a washington capitals fan and for some reason when i saw a video of the people in philadelphia talking about gritty which is uh they i guess they brought out they they were uh doing an anti-protest against the uh the proud boys and all those dorks that showed up all in those philadelphia. idiots yeah and so but a lot of philadelphia people had signs with gritty and stuff like that that's that uh that new mascot that one that looks like is on it basically looks like it's me on crack which <laughs> which which is i guess just me so there you go and, and for some reason brad smoley popped up in my head and i tweet subtweeted him and then he liked it and then a few hours after that i was like yeah, I don't know why I tweeted you with that, but because uh, I know you're a Caps fan, so uh, but I felt that you wanted to see this. Oh, I saw the, I saw where it, it looked like it wasn't a reply to anything. It looked like you were just like saying it out of the blue or something, and then and then you also said losing to a two and eight UCLA is a surefire way to lose your job. Goodbye, Clay Helton. 
Good luck on your future endeavors. You Johnny aced him. Wow. I sure, certainly did, Johnny aced him. I'm not happy about that. I didn't really want to talk about it, but it's okay. Yeah, my alt, alma mater, USC, blew it. They they shit the bed. They put the turd in the punch bowl is what one of my friends used to always say. Uh, they lost to a two-win UCLA. I, they, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they are now five and six, and that is a recipe for disaster. As Notre Dame is coming into town, I believe next week, and they are going to get SC's going to get smoked. Oh, I hope I hope you guys stop Notre Dame because they're, well, they're they're a trash team run by trash people, and they have trash fans who cheer for that trash. So uh, Notre Dame's worst team ever. I would cheer for. Uh, Anybody in sports over Notre Dame. You know, I, I, I am hoping and I am wishing that they can beat uh, Touchdown Jesus. But, uh, yeah, it, things do not look good. It looks like the team's kind of given up. And a lot of, a lot of big-name uh, defensive guys got hurt and stuff like that. You know, I, I Clay Helton is the coach, and they brought him in. And he was looking good for a while because he had Sam Darnold. But uh, he's got a, a true freshman quarterback guy. The kid actually came out of high school early. He should be a, a senior in high school. So he is actually he's 18 right now. But, um, yeah, he's, he's going to be a really good quarterback. But, uh, you know, it's tough to win a lot of games with a with a freshman quarterback and a new uh, offensive line, too. So they had a lot of a lot of turnover this last year. So. He might be uh, he might be fired. I don't well, know. Well, I I can tell you this because I I, I I have my pulse on sports fandom all across the country, so I know these things. I know that uh, that Clay Helton actually listens to this show. He's actually listening right now, even though we haven't published it yet. So uh, you have. 10 15 seconds what would you like to say to clay helton who's who's listening right now james your play calling is garbage oh wow yeah that's it that's all i that's all i got for him. oh yeah, man I, you were yeah. gonna eviscerate the no man i was or something no no i just i think <laughs> I, I i think i think he's a nice coach but i think he's not the right coach for sc i think sc needs this uh kind of a dis he's he's a little too soft i think they need a disciplinarian somebody was saying that maybe jack del rio comes up no uh, not yeah. jack del rio well jack del rio did go to usc so uh and he's a he's a tough guy you know maybe they need a tough guy uh who's a defensive uh you know uh specialist guy why don't they bring back norm chow to be the head coach for usc he was a good offensive <laughs> coordinator for you guys a long time where ago. is norm chow right now is he in utah is he in hawaii where I is he i think he bagged my groceries for me the other day <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> Where did you go, Norm? That's a that should be a podcast you guys do. Where are where did you go, where Norm you Chow? Go he's a uh, wow. He's, he's a, a man. High school? Wow. Okay. He got busted down to high school. He's uh he's probably you know for the love of the game you know he's uh, teaching kids to play the game the right way you know so uh, wow. don't yell oh. at their coaches about wearing jackets on the sidelines or something. This this is why he is uh, moved to Manhattan Beach after leaving University of Hawaii and joined the coaching staff of former USC receiver Mike Williams at Van Nuys High School. Uh, he left Van Nuys to become an assistant coach in Miracosta High School in Manhattan Beach for the 2016 regular season, which they haven't updated. So I have no clue if he's still there. But that dude was supposed to be he was supposed to be the next big thing. Oh, he was supposed to be offensive genius. He and, was. Uh, they, he was working for one of his former players. That seems like. Uh... Man, that seems like a bad, bad thing. You should not have to work for your former players. You said well, he was working for his. I pulled up the Wikipedia article because the Wikipedia never lies. Uh, well, he, he joined the staff of his former receiver, Mike Williams. 
Like, yeah. Wow. Well, when, when you circle. go in, in four years of coaching Hawaii and you go 10 and 36, I don't think a, a college program is knocking on your, uh, on your door to, uh, to, uh, to coach their team. That's, that's pretty, pretty brutal. Why does I mean, Hawaii ever have better football teams? Like, um, because I think a lot of their, their big, they, well, it's two things. They don't have a big pool a talent pool on the island. And if they do have a talent pool, those good players are actually getting actively recruited to teams like SC or Washington, a lot of West coast teams, uh, Utah. See, there's, there's a Mormon Utah. Uh, oh, yeah. I... Well, it's interesting because there's a Mormon school in, uh, in uh, Hawaii and uh, there are a lot of Samoans and stuff like that. I think a lot of Samoans are Hawaiians or are, uh, are Mormons and uh, they'll go to Utah or BYU. I've noticed that. Okay, so, but uh, like you're you're the coach and you're recruiting these kids in the living room, and it's like, okay, you want to go hang out in Utah, or do you want to come to Hawaii, where we have like beaches and other nice yeah, things? Like it but, seems like that's a like you win on the location thing, like well, easily but, with that. But they're not in a good conference, and they're not notoriously known to be a, a winning team. You know, sometimes they have a couple of good players, and you know they're they're. You know, nowadays you got to sell these these kids on. Hey, we're going to be in the playoffs. Got to sell year. the kids. Wow. Yeah, you sell the kids. That sounds awful, man. I know. Just selling children. That's how you win in college football. Left and right, I'm selling kids left and right. I think I drank too much tonight, man. I'm sorry. I, I filled up like a a tumbler glass with probably about four ounces of uh, of bourbon. Is that too much or what is that? I think that. <laughs> Is that, is that too much? You should probably end the show on that. That's pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess we got to go. We're talking about selling children to the University of Hawaii. I think we're going to get a visit from the uh, the Popos or the uh, FBI or, or somebody. And so uh, <laughs> maybe Donald Trump will bail us out of jail if we if we get arrested or something. <laughs> probably, probably not. Okay. Well, we've gone off the rails. Uh, what are we going to talk about next time you do a podcast with me? Well, let's see. Maybe we can try to do it before Christmas, and um, you know, we'll talk about uh, maybe some uh, either our fondest Christmas memories or not. It's, uh, now, this is it's a century, or this is a uh, a teaser. My mom's birthday is Christmas. Boom! Oh, wow! Happy birthday to your mom! She's like thank you. forty four years old this year. <laughs> thank you. I'm sure she'll be happy you said that. <laughs> no, we can uh, we can talk about that that kid that lived down the street from you that all the Neo Geo. I bet he had a really oh, cool man. Christmas. Oh that Neo man, Geo. I think he did. I think he did. I wonder. Oh man, we we really need to find this kid and get him on the show sometime. You know, talk I to talked him about to Neo him. Geo. I randomly talked to him on Facebook uh, years ago. And I think I or I text him or so I, I got his number. Somehow we talked and then we only talked a couple minutes. So I think he's still in L.A. If I ever run into him, I will ask him. Yeah, if you yeah, see if he wants to do a podcast. So I just want to ask him about his Neo Geo system and if he was like uh, rich and uh, famous and stuff when he was a kid. I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, maybe maybe that'll be our, our big podcast guest. You know, that'll make us famous and we'll be rich from this podcast and we can all quit our jobs. Uh, so you are, uh, we, t- we said you're at beer Baron for life. I am at 16 bit Catholic, uh, right. Do things on Twitter. And what did I say last on Twitter? I said, Oh no. Oh no. Cause that's a guy from NXT takeover. Oh yes. I have not seen that yet. So don't tell me that, that. was a dumb joke that I made. Cause you get it. Like his last name is, Oh no. And I do something bad might've happened to him. And I said, Oh no. Oh no. So, uh. And then I also <laughs> discovered a way where you can, uh, uh, you can 
get rid of people's likes showing up on your Twitter timeline that you didn't ask for. So I thought, well, that's cool. So I shared how to do that. So that's if you go to 16-bit Catholic, you can find out how to make Twitter less annoying. And isn't that what we always uh, always should strive for? Yes, we should. Yes. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, we'll get out of here because we're just we're just oh man, we're just. We're just circling the drain now. But uh, I am Dustin Favor, and this is uh, married man uh, James Ryan. You should have taken Dr. Girlfriend's last name. That would have been awesome of you. So. <laughs> Is she keeping? Her, I guess she keeping the last name, right? Is she she's like, keeping the last. I think she's going to hyphenate or do something because, but you know, a lot of because she's got a lot of um, um, licenses that she's got. Oh yeah, no, she, she got yeah. keep her name. That sounds like yeah. too much work. Um, yeah. Hey Ben, it was good to talk to you and uh, people Great listening. Talking to you. Thank you, people listening. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to our uh, show today, and everybody have a great night. Okay, there you go. Say gobble gobble, gobble gobble.